Greetings. This is Justin Allen with the Elite Nurse Practitioner. Welcome to the Elite Nurse Practitioner Show, a podcast dedicated to nurse practitioner entrepreneurism and achieving financial freedom, where I talk directly with nurse practitioners who need help. Listen up. Our market is saturated. Jobs can be scarce. We are underpaid. We are undervalued. We are taken advantage of by the sharks within the healthcare system. And frankly, screw that. Sick of it. And it's time for a change. And listen, I'm here to help make that happen. We are powerful. We can forge a path where we are in control of our career and ultimately our financial and personal well-being. You do not need to submit to healthcare administrators and your doctor overlords. You do not have to take the measly salary. You do not have to work 50 to 60 hours a week. There is a different way, and I'm here to show you that path. This podcast is raw and unfiltered. I have not talked to nurse practitioners in this podcast prior to the call outside of an email exchange to schedule the episode. What you're about to listen to is a consultation session between a nurse practitioner and myself. It is real, it is unscripted, it is unplanned, and I have no idea what we're going to talk about. Anything and everything can happen during our conversation. The nurse practitioners in these episodes are struggling with an issue in their professional or financial life, and they have reached out to me for help. My goal is to help a nurse practitioner with actionable advice that will enhance and improve their professional, business, and financial life. My other goal is to hopefully help my nurse practitioner sisters and brothers build a more productive, powerful, and free life. So I hope the content and information within these podcast episodes does just that. All right, on to the episode. Hello, everyone. Today, we'll be talking to Robert, who is a family nurse practitioner. He is currently working in a rheumatology clinic full-time, but is wanting to start his own practice. He's looking to start a side hustle at first and see what happens. He is not sure what type of practice he wants to start, but would like to focus on something that can generate extra income at first and eventually start his own rheumatology practice. He's needing assistance figuring out what service would be best and how to get the practice going. Hey, Robert, how are you? Hey, doing pretty well, Justin. How about you? I'm doing good, man. Thanks for hopping on here. Hopefully, uh, hopefully I can help you out. So yeah, let's just... Uh, get started. So bring us up to speed with, uh, you know, where you're at, how long you've been an MP4 and, uh, you know, kind of what you've been doing. So I have been an MP since early 2022, graduated 2020, end of 2021. I got a job. I live out here in Las Vegas. I was working in a pain management clinic for almost a year. It was a good first job, but uh, it wasn't something I wanted to do long-term. I kind of got headhunted into this rheumatology role. And I've been here since December, learning a lot. I really like the the field actually, making a little bit more than I was at the last position, but still somehow end up living paycheck to paycheck. So definitely hoping to to start something on the side that can bring in a little more income, maybe help us save a little bit, help us live a little bit more comfortably, that kind of thing. And then eventually, you know, like you mentioned, I, I do like the field of rheumatology. So uh, it would be kind of a dream to open up my own clinic. Yeah. Okay, for sure. So is your plan to basically continue working full time and then just be kind of like a little side hustle you do and be like one day a week? Yeah. And and that's part of the challenge is it's pretty full time right now, Monday through Friday. So it doesn't leave a lot of time, you know, except maybe in the evenings and maybe a couple hours on Sunday for now. And then if it really takes off and at some point in the future, I could probably approach my employer and say, look, I, I have some other opportunity and and maybe I can just work with you guys part time. Yeah. Listen, this is one of the principles of the elite nurse practitioner model. You know, you start this as a side hustle while, you know, while maintaining a job, basically. It's the, yeah. it's the safest way to start your own business. I mean, you know, you're able to maintain your own income while, uh, you know, while starting this little side hustle. And the thing is, a side hustle shouldn't cost more than, 
you know, between five to $10,000 to get started. It shouldn't cost more than that. So it's not really a big risk and you minimize the risk by having that job. So, so I like the idea. That's how a lot of entrepreneurs get started, you know, even outside of uh, healthcare and nurse practitioners. It's a viable way to start a business and, uh, and do it in a safe way. So, so I'm totally on board with it. So I guess one thing that struck out to me was uh, you're still living paycheck to paycheck. Can you explain? Yeah. So to give you, I guess, a little bit more background, I'm, I'm actually an Orthodox Jew and I'm married with two kids. And I think uh, Jewish lifestyle somehow ends up being more expensive, you know, kosher food and uh, tuition for the kids. Somehow things just seem to be more expensive. But yeah, I mean, I, I have a I have an auto debit in my bank account that takes off money from each paycheck towards our expenses. And, you know, af- after that, I'm, we're not left with too much left I over. Gotcha. Yeah. I- yeah. Okay. So it sounds like, I mean, a lot of these expenses are, I mean, necessary expenses. I'm sure you guys have looked at it and try to cut back here and there, but it just doesn't seem to be, to be a whole lot of things to cut back on. Yeah. I mean, there's always room for improvement. You know, we could probably spend a little bit less on groceries, but we're not taking extravagant vacations or, or driving really fancy cars. We're just trying to, um, trying to do our best to get by. Okay. So yeah, well, I mean, if, 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 if it's hard to cut down expenses, then yeah, your next option is to generate more, more revenue, more income. Right. So now, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be a lot of work, you know, the first six to 12 months, it's, you know, it's going to be, you're going to, you know, you're still going to maintain your full-time job and you're going to dedicate, you know, some evening hours or some weekend hours in your business. So, uh, so you need to be okay with that. And, you know, your wife needs to be kind of on board with that at first, because it's going to be a lot of work. So you foresee any issues with that? No, I mean I'm I'm sure it'll be a challenge, but but I'm up for for hard work, and I think my wife is on board too. So long as we have like a really clear, concrete plan, and I know what I'm working towards. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I think it's uh, it's, you know, it's not a problem. I mean, if you're willing to put the work into it, then then you know, then it should happen. I mean, anything of value requires you know requires sacrifice. I mean, it just does. You know, yeah, yeah. I mean, too many people, in, you know, our society now just want this you know as fast as possible and thinks it's easy and it's not. You know, right. So yeah, perfect. You know, definitely a viable thing. So you want to start this as a part-time practice at first. So I guess what, uh, what services right now are piquing your interest? Um, so looking at your website and having to, you know, having spoken to you briefly in the past, I think, uh, you know, men's health is, is something I'm thinking about medical weight loss too. You know, I was a little bit more skeptical of it initially, but I, I think it definitely has its place. And uh, I think with a lot of these services, they can kind of be abused. And that's one thing that's a little bit of a, of a concern to me is how to, how to practice in a safe, only treat where it's appropriate, even when there's a temptation to kind of just take on as many clients as you can. And so th- those are really two of the big ones I'm considering. All right. So weight loss and mental? Yeah, that's, that's my preliminary thought, but I'm definitely open to other ideas too. Sure, sure. Okay. I mean, I understand your concern. I mean, you know, just about with anything, really. I mean, there's always going to be an abuse potential, you know, especially some, you know, some niche services as well. I mean, it's definitely a possibility. And yeah, you can, uh, you can be tempted to maybe overtreat people to, you know, generate revenue and to get people in the door. You know, that's the case yeah. with that's the case with any medical practice. I mean, yeah, yeah. you know, any medical practice it doesn't really matter what specialty it is. You know, I mean, surgeons yeah. do that stuff all the time. You know, yeah. Yeah. So that's going to be just down. I mean, that's going to come down to, you know, your personal ethics and what it is that you want to accomplish and, you know, how you just, uh, you know, view medicine in general. So, so, you know, that's going to be up to you, man. I mean, you can still do things right and make really good money. Okay. 
you can't, you know, like my men's health practice, I have strict cutoffs. You know, if I sense drug seeking behavior, or if we have really, you know, non-compliant patients, like I just don't deal with it. You know, right. I just, I just don't, you know, I don't yeah. start on treatment to begin with. If I get a bad vibe or I cut them off. So, yeah. you know, yeah, you just have to have strict, you know, strict cutoffs yeah. and just strong ethics in your, you know, in your mind while you're doing it. So I don't think I would worry too much about that. You know, I mean, you know, weight loss is one of those things that it's fairly hard to abuse weight loss services because, you know, someone comes in and only needs to lose five pounds. I mean, do you really need to prescribe yeah. that person fentramine or something? <laughs> like, right, right. Manjaro at them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right, right. You know, so again, you know, 20, 30, 40 pounds, you know, that could be questionable too. But, you know, listen, if, you know, if someone needs to lose 30, 40 pounds, let's say they're 240 pounds and, you know, six foot tall and they their ideal weight's, you know, 190, 200, and they have dieted, they've exercised, you know, they just need some help. Yeah. I don't see a problem with that. Yeah. You know, it lowers their blood pressure, improves their, their metabolic health. So, you know, what's, you know, what's the issue? So, you know, if you stick to guidelines and you, and you do this within reason, you can justify what it is that you're doing in the chart on paper, then don't worry too much about it. Yeah. And how about like the long-term health of, uh, long-term safety of, of, uh, you know, testosterone supplementation? Cause I've, I've heard things both, both ways. I mean, there's plenty of people who've been on testosterone placement therapy for decades without an issue. Mm. You know, I think it ultimately depends on the patient's overall health. I mean, you know, how can you quantify or truly correlate testosterone replacement therapy with, you know, heart disease? There's so many factors associated with it, and there's no true mechanism of action that would explain how testosterone affects, you know, cardiac health. Right. You know, there yeah. just there just isn't, right? It's all just correlational stuff. So, you know, a lot of those studies, they're refuted. There's other studies that show the safety, you know, that point to the safety of it in terms of, you know, prostate health. It doesn't cause prostate cancer. There's conflicting studies that show that it actually will sometimes decrease the size of a prostate cancer. So, I mean, there's just conflicting stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What, uh, I guess, what's your concern about testosterone replacement therapy? Yeah, I, I think it, it was really about prostate health that I was most concerned about and, you know, reading about shortened life expectancy. But what you're saying, I've obviously, I've got to do a little bit more, more independent research, but what you're saying makes sense. You know, any treatment, the, the rheumatologic drugs that I, that I prescribe also have significant risk associated with them, but then it's a question of benefit like anything else. So I think what you're, what you're saying makes a lot of sense. Right, right, right. And there's, you know, and there's people that have been on it for, for a long time without an issue, you know, like... Yeah. Yeah, celebrity figures that are, you know, 80 years old and, you know, they're on really? it. I mean, you think Arnold Schwarzenegger has truly ever gotten off testosterone? <laughs> yeah. Like, you really yeah. think so? Or Sylvester Stallone? Come on. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know, I could guarantee you Donald Trump's on testosterone, you know? <laughs> Clint Eastwood is. Like, yeah. if it's done within reason and the levels are checked regularly and it's kept within a physiological range, uh-huh. okay, that's the key. You're not yeah. prescribing testosterone to people and getting them to anabolic levels. That's dangerous. Right. Yeah. But with, as long as it's kept within physiological range, uh-huh. then it's fine. Because one benefit of testosterone replacement therapy in men is that it improves motivation. It improves metabolic health. It improves glucose metabolism, insulin resistance, you know, insulin utilization. Like it improves these things. Mm. And so, you know, ultimately, again, it's up to the man. It's up to the patient. 
on how they maintain their health. You know, you take testosterone replacement therapy and still eat cheeseburgers all day and sit on your ass and don't do anything. Yeah. Well, of yeah. course, you're, you're going to run into problems. You're going to run into problems if you, even if you weren't on testosterone. Yeah. You know, so yeah. it still comes down to the patient. Yeah. You know, same thing with weight loss too, of course. I mean, you're always going to get people who just want the fentanyl pill and mm-hmm. you want, you know, easy way out. But mm-hmm. patients that exercise and diet and use the medication, you know, they see, they see long lasting results, right? Yeah. So, yeah. so yeah, I just, like I said, I don't think I would worry too much about it. Okay. Yeah. Cool. It's been done safely for years, you know, and I've yeah. never ran into an issue in my practice. So, okay. Great. Yeah. That's, that's definitely reassuring. Yeah. Any other concerns, I guess, about weight loss or testosterone that might kind of keep you on the fence? Yeah, I see. I'm seeing more and more of these like online services that are offering it. And I guess I'm kind of concerned about the competitive landscape. Sure. There's going to be competition with anything, right? I mean, it's just, it's bound to happen. You know, we live in a capitalistic society. There's going to be competition. It doesn't matter what you do. Remember one thing, this is a principle I, I talk about all the time is that you don't need thousands of patients. Okay. You only need a hundred patients. And you mm-hmm. have a practice that's generating 10,000 plus a month. Hmm. Okay. Like you don't need that many patients to have a profitable practice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I wouldn't worry too much about competition unless your area is just absolutely saturated. You know, I, I, I don't think I would worry too much about it. As long as there's a population to justify it, you identify a specific target market mm-hmm. of patients and you can, you know, talk to them then I don't think I would worry too much about it. You know, you, you mentioned that you were Jewish. Like, dude, I like, what if your practice was kind of tailored towards the Jewish population? Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I have a buddy I was actually thinking about who's like really been trying to lose a lot of weight. And yeah, we, we eat a lot. We do. So it, it does make sense for this community in both the, both the men's health and the, and the weight loss, truthfully. You know, yeah. like you don't necessarily go on your website and say, you know, <laughs> Jewish people only, like you don't, right, right, you don't say that, you just make it kind of apparent, that's kind of what you do, you know what I mean? Right, yeah, yeah. Right, specific language, specific images, you know, that kind of, if you do that, you might find yourself with a really, really cool little niche that you could do telemed in multiple states, maybe in states that have a high Jewish population rate. You know what I mean? Like you, you might be surprised, you could potentially, you know, do really well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah. So kind of keep that in mind. Yeah. Okay. I think if you do that, you shouldn't really worry too much about the competition. You know, if you do things right and you go in with it, go into it with realistic expectations, keep it a side hustle and, you know, go in it with an expectation of, I would be happy with a hundred recurrent patients after one. Yeah. I, I think I definitely would be happy with that. Totally doable, man. Yeah. Totally doable. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, think about if you go into a place of a hundred, let's say you go into a, uh, an area of a hundred thousand people. Mm-hmm. What percentage is a hundred people out of that? A hundred thousand people? Correct. Thousand. Right. That's 1%. Yeah. Right. A hundred people, 0.1%, right? Yeah. 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 It's such a small amount of people. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. And then if you do it online and you're, you know, marketing in states, I mean, I mean, it's just a hundred people, not that many patients. It's really yeah. Hard. And so, to that point, do you have like a general overview strategy for for marketing in the first place? Well, it depends on what kind of practice you want, right? I mean, is this going to be a brick and mortar practice, or is it going to be strictly telemedicine practice, or is it going to be more of a hybrid practice? I think initially, if I could do it exclusively over telemedicine, that that would be ideal. Sure, the overhead. 
Sure. Um, the thing with a telemedicine practice like this is you really got to figure out who that target market is so you can create ads specific to those people. Mm-hmm. Right. Like if you're going to create a weight loss ad and you just blast it out over social media channels and Google and whatnot, and you don't really have a defined market, then it can be, it, it just, it gets washed out. Mm-hmm. Right. But if it's targeted to a specific population, then the chances of more people clicking on that ad and actually converting over to a paying patient increase. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Like you wouldn't want to market men's health to just men between the ages of 25 and 60. Like that's way, way too broad. Right. You know, like you want to market it to men between the ages of 30 and 45 who have an income of, you know, in the top 20% who mm-hmm. like golf and mm-hmm. you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, like that's mm-hmm. what I mean. If you target, you know, people in the, uh, in the Jewish population, then you should be able to figure out kind of what those demographics are, right? Mm-hmm. And then just like, you know, people who are searching for, for local gyms or things like that. Right, right. With keyword searches and whatnot. Yeah, you have to just kind of, you have to play around with it. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's no right or wrong answer. It really just, it really depends on what services you're offering, who your target population is, what mm-hmm. your budget is, and you have mm-hmm. to kind of play around and experiment with it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's no one size fits all when it comes to that. There just isn't. Mm-hmm. So okay. yeah, so keep that in mind. Um, with a telemedicine practice, your biggest expense is going to be marketing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you need to go into it with a realistic expectation and being okay with spending thousands of dollars a month on ads. Unless you can really figure out your target population and if you know where they are online through online communities, then you can keep become a member of that community Mm. provide free valuable information and in exchange mm. you're going to get patients for free mm. just gonna mm-hmm. take a little bit of your time it's a free consultation kind of thing kind of right yeah mm-hmm. there's lots of ways to go about it yeah have you taken any of your courses yet no so i you know I'm, I'm i was waiting to pull the trigger on on one of your courses until i kind of fleshed out what i what i wanted to do more i got you i got you testosterone and controlled substances online it's a real gray area. We recorded this uh, in mid March. By the time this podcast is released, we'll you know we'll know the final rulings for the uh, DEA and uh, controlled substances being prescribed via telemedicine. Mm-hmm. Right now, what it appears like it appears that you can only issue a thirty day one time script, and then after that, the patient has to be seen in person one time. Mm-hmm. It's a stupid rule, but it is what it yeah. is. You know. There's going to be ways around it with having people referring the patient to you and this kind of a thing. But, mm-hmm. you know, the safer bet for you might be weight loss, just FYI. Okay, that's that's good to know. And even, you know, even if it is there's this one-time in-person requirement, that that's not an impossible hurdle. You know, if you know somebody. It's not. Even, yeah. It's you know, not. Yeah. You know, I think that eventually I'm going to make some sort of online group or a network of NPs that you know, we can do this for each other for telemedicine consults. You yeah. know, maybe go see this person, one time a person, and then and then and then and then refer them to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for a small fee or something. I don't see an issue with that. But I mean, exactly, it's a hurdle, but it's not an impossible hurdle. And if you stick into your area, then you can just have one mobile visit with them or mm-hmm. something, and then the rest of it can be telemed. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, what I do at my men's health clinic is that I can see them via telemed. One of the rules with the DEA and the telemed laws is that if the patient actually goes to your practice and the telemedicine consult, 
is done while they're in your office, and but you're like somewhere else, mm-hmm. then it meets it meets their requirement. Oh, interesting. Yeah, so that's what I do with mine. So you have somebody let them in, or correct? Oh, I mean, I have a I mean, I have a medical assistant that works full time. Oh, okay. Right. So they just come in, they put them on, you know, in front of a computer. Hey, how are you? Okay, we met the requirement. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, I mean, you know, yeah. So you, you got to work around it. Yeah. You got to work around it. it. It is what it is. You know, like yeah. it, it just yeah. is. It, it is what it is. I mean, the, for the last two years during COVID, it's been done safely and effectively. Like, I don't know why, why change and then it now. They, they decide to change it. Right. Right. It's yeah. stupid. Kind of going backwards, I think. It's going backwards, right? Exactly. It's yeah, just lawmakers yeah. that don't know that don't know any different. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, though. But yeah, but just gotta keep that in mind though. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess uh do you have any other questions in terms of like, you know, weight loss or or testosterone goes? Um, so I, I mean I'm sure I have lots of questions, but I mean it, in your course you talk about I'm sure you talk about some of the basics of the marketing and you know oh, yeah. procuring the drugs and the necessary um you know, if there's any license, additional licensure and the, the legal aspects of it. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, we cover practically everything you need to know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you should take the course and be able to step away, you know, with what you need to know to get the practice up and running and to operate it. Now, you're always going to run into some hiccups. You know, I mean, there's no such thing as a course that's going to cover 100% of every single little tiny thing you need to know. Like, there's some things that you will learn as you go through the process. You know what I mean? Of course. Like, yeah. right, right, right. A problem might not arise six months from now, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And you just deal with it and pivot. That's kind of, that's, that's the fun thing of owning a business. It's always right. something new. Right. It never gets, it never gets boring. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, you should walk away from the course and be able to start your practice and get it up and running. Yeah. Yeah. But we cover marketing, the legal aspects, regulation, you need to know of. The great thing about a cash practice, man, is that, while you do have to follow, you know, plenty of state regulations and you know that kind of thing, most of the federal regulations surround Medicare and you know a lot of the regulations surround insurance. So when mm-hmm. you take money from a third party, you got to follow their rules. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When you don't take their money, you don't. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's very very free. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But keep that in mind too. All right. Other questions about the services. No, I mean, I think we, we pretty much covered the major, the major concerns. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, well, is there anything else that you would like to talk about in terms of maybe identifying your target market or maybe getting a, uh, more of a handle on your finances? I mean, we can talk about anything. Well, yeah, let's, let's talk about the target market a little bit. Um, okay. You know, I know we mentioned the, you know, people in my religious community as one option, but maybe thinking more broadly, I'm, I'm not even sure where to start. So. You have to be able to speak to the patient, okay? Like you got to be able to speak to your target market. Mm-hmm. You know, I can't speak to women going through menopause because I haven't gone through menopause, nor has my wife. Right. You know, like when my right. mom did, I was in college or whatever. Like I wasn't home, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. So like I can't really speak to those people because I can't relate. Right. Right. And so it's the same thing with anything. That was just an example, right? So. Yeah. How do you speak to your customer? How do you speak to your patient? It's critically important. I actually wrote an article on the main website about that. It's, it's, uh, it's one of the marketing tips. It's like, you know, speak to your patient, I think is the name of it. Hmm. But it's like, how do you speak to them? And so that's kind yeah. of why I was like, you know, maybe the Jewish population is someone that you can speak to, you know? Yeah, and I think to that, to that point, probably the men's health is, you know, that's a pretty low barrier because, uh, you know, as a guy, we, we, we all want 
a lot of the same things. We want to feel en- energetic and, and youthful and strong and confident and um, and healthy. And right. you know, that's so much of what we're trying to do with the, with the testosterone supplementation. Right. Exactly, man. I can speak to my patients, my mental health patients, because I'm on testosterone replacement therapy. I understand yeah. what they're going through. Uh-huh. You know, I understand the symptoms. I understand their frustrations. Like, I get it. Yeah. You know, yeah. so when I was writing the content on my website, I was able to relate. I was able to write it because I was there. I know, mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. know, so, so kind of keep that in mind. But I feel like that if you want to do it, tell a med, you got to be maybe even a little bit more specific. And that's why I was mm-hmm. kind of wondering, maybe, you know, I don't know if the Jewish population, if there's a large amount there or any, or even something else, you know, there's, there's men's health clinics that focus on predominantly athletes and their, you know, their marketing mm-hmm. and stuff is branded that way, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. My marketing is branded towards wealthy men. It just is. Mm-hmm. That's my target demographic, mm-hmm. um, you know, mm-hmm. wealthier men, business owners, professionals, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Cause that's what I am. So it's yeah. able, so I'm able to talk to those people. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. instead of asking more broad questions, I think you need to be asking yourself more specific questions. Mm-hmm. I think that's how you truly build a successful online business, especially mm-hmm. telemedicine one. Okay. I guess with that said, are you thinking about maybe just doing this in Nevada or are you going to do it in multiple states? Like, what are you thinking? Well, I think initially I would definitely start in Nevada. But I mean, I, I guess I just assumed that, you know, from a regulatory standpoint, that that would be easier. But yeah, uh, yeah at, at least to start. It'd be a lot easier because all you need, you know, you already have your license there, right? Yeah, yeah. Now, another thing too, and I forgot, uh, you know, this just, this just came to my mind is that I believe Nevada has telemedicine laws that allow you to prescribe a controlled substance via telemedicine. I, I think so. Um, my I father-in-law, know, I, I, yeah, he's actually a psychiatrist, um, a physician, and, and he moved his practice from uh, California and he actually sees patients here who are in California and prescribes for them. So, you know, benzos and, and other controlled substances. In California? Yeah, yeah. Well, what's well, the I, I think, yeah, exactly. That's just because of COVID. I think that's right. going to go away. Right, right. Well, I'm talking about if the patient is in Nevada, you are in Nevada and have a license in Nevada, you can see them via telemed. Yeah. And prescribe yeah. a controlled substance. That was even before COVID. Yeah. So like that's a state law there. There are some states that allow the prescription of a controlled substance via telemedicine. So mm-hmm. then the question is, does the state law out law the federal law like does it right right override that law you know what i mean right, so okay. it's right and like i've talked to lawyers about this and they're just like you know technically you're breaking federal law but the state law allows it so it's the state rights versus federal it's mm-hmm. just like you know cannabis in a state that's recreational everyone's buying it no one cares but federally mm-hmm. it's still illegal mm-hmm. you know what i mean like it's kind of the yeah. same thing so in my opinion I would go with state law. Yeah. I don't think we'll do give a fuss about it. Yeah. Yeah. So. But I think initially it'll probably be easier at least just to keep it in Nevada. Just in Nevada. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, sticking with the Jewish population target market or, you know, or even other specific market. I mean, do you feel like there's a large enough population, a network of people mm-hmm. that you could tap into? Well, I think, you know, I think just if, if I'm really focusing on the Orthodox Jewish market, no, honestly, there, just in Nevada, it's, that's not going to. I don't know if I'll be able to get my hundred patients that way. Yeah, maybe maybe a dozen if I'm lucky. But you know, if I was thinking more nationally, just coming to mind a couple guys I I know who have kind of started like coaching businesses specifically for Orthodox Jewish men who are you know have large families, have 
kind of cerebral jobs and are stressed and overworked and overtired and trying to get them up and moving. And, you know, I, I feel like if they're successful, this Dude, is the kind of thing that could also be. If they're successful with that, you will be too. I guarantee it. Yeah. Yeah. Use your network. Use those resources. Yeah. You know, I would. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, it's food for thought, dude. I mean, it's something that it's something that you can play around with. And I've said this in other podcasts before. It's like, it's just like fishing, dude. You got to throw out multiple lures mm-hmm. and see what bites. Yeah. Yeah. I, I worked I, in sales for, uh, for quite a few years. So I think I have to kind of brush off those, those skills and, yeah. and reapply them here. Exactly, man. It's the same thing. I mean, you know, when it comes down to it, that's what business is. It's just sales. It doesn't matter what it is that you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. So yeah, I think you're going to have to just really think about that. I think you're going to have to just try to figure out a more specific market. You know, Nevada's a really large state with a very widespread population. So I think you're going to have to be a little bit specific with it and just kind of figure out and play around with it. All right. And don't pigeonhole yourself either. I mean, there's a really big market for weight loss too, if you're interested in that. Yeah. Yeah. So with a little bit less regulatory hurdle, I think. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. Because I, I just coming to mind is something that I think I saw on your site also is about like avoiding the the ADD trap of uh you know trying to get into too many pots at once. Yeah, you know, getting uh, shiny object syndrome. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's a real problem amongst uh you know amongst entrepreneurs, not just nurse practitioners. I mean, any entrepreneur, every entrepreneur mm-hmm. suffers from it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, and uh, it can bite you. I mean, it can bite you in the ass pretty bad sometimes. It's best to try to focus as much as possible on just, you know, a few things that complement each other. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's like I had someone wanting to offer ketamine infusions out of their weight loss practice. I'm like, that doesn't, <laughs> doesn't <laughs> jive. It doesn't jive. That's completely yeah. like, that doesn't make sense, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, uh, so yeah. So try to, try to focus on complementary services. But listen, men's health and weight loss go, they go hand in hand. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. You know, they really do. I mean, I, I treat all kinds of weight loss patients in my men's health practice. Yeah. 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 Like I even treat a lot of female patients for it. Hmm. Yeah. So you have to, uh, yeah, you just got to be focused generally, make mm-hmm. sure everything complements each other mm-hmm. or start another business, start mm-hmm. another business. Mm-hmm. Right. And I guess to that point, the, the other thing that I wanted to explore a little bit, if you have the time is the, yeah is the rheumatology aspect. Yeah. You really like rheumatology, right? Yeah. I mean, I haven't been doing it that long, but it's but it's been pretty interesting to me. It's kind of a, a broad field and every case feels a little bit like a like a puzzle. You don't you can't just walk in, meet with a patient, get a quick diagnosis, do some labs. It's it's more complex and it take it can take time to really put the whole picture together because there's so much overlap between the different symptoms and even the laboratory work is not always definitive. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Yeah. I've always liked doing those rheumatological labs on people and look at the inflammatory markers and stuff. It's always, it's always fascinating. I mean, listen, dude, there is a shortage of rheumatologists nationwide. I think I read somewhere once, like there's going to be like a critical shortage of it. Cause I don't think a lot of people are going into rheumatology for residency, you know? Yeah. So I don't even know what the, what the root cause is, but I know that here in Las Vegas specifically, I went to the Rheumatology Association of Nevada meeting and I've spoken to reps and there are literally 20 practitioners in this city of 3 million people. There are four to six month wait lists to get into yeah. anybody. Dude, everywhere I've ever lived or practiced, it's the exact same story. 
And I'm sure people are listening to this and are like, yeah, I've heard that. It's the same story everywhere. Yeah. Three and months, it's, it's six really months. Tough for patients. Yeah. Right. Exactly. I think in my area, it's like a 12 month wait. It is ridiculous. There's like one rheumatologist, you know, wild. for a county of 250, 300,000 people. Wow. Wow. You know, one. Right. Yeah. And so if you got good at that and you could actually you know, get the training from a rheumatologist and, you know, practice that for three, four, five, six years, you could, you could move or go, you could stay in Las Vegas, I'm sure. But if you want, you could go, you could go to a more rural area anywhere in this mm-hmm. country and start a practice and you would instantly get busy. Mm-hmm. Instantly. Yeah. I think, I think it's a good idea. Okay. You just got to pay your dues for a little bit longer, you know? Yeah, exactly. Right. So the question is, if that's something that you truly want to do, you know, should you start the side hustle right now or just focus more on that? I'm sure you thought about that. I, I have thought about it. And that's kind of like the critical, one of the critical uh, questions that I'm, that I'm grappling with. Because, you know, I do want to do something I'm passionate about, but I also want to create stable, long-term income for my family and, you know, and, and grow financially. So. Right, right. How old are you? Just turned 34. 34. You're at a perfect age to do this. Yeah. Um, yeah. I got started right when I was like 33, 34, kind of right in that age. So okay. yeah, like it's the perfect age to get started because you're you're in your career now, you know, you kind of got a good footing, like it's the perfect time. Yeah. And then by the time you're 40, 45, you're a millionaire. So <laughs> sounds sounds good to me. Right. Sounds good to you, right? So yeah, like it's it's the perfect time. But that doesn't mean anyone else can't start at a later time or an earlier time. It's just yeah. My opinion, I think it's a good time to get started. So yeah. I think maybe starting just a little side hustle where maybe you just focus in on it, you know, four to eight hours a week, mm-hmm. get your feet wet in business, owning a business, paying taxes, mm-hmm. juggling mm-hmm. the books, you know what I mean? Understanding yeah. all that stuff. If you can do all that, just a little side hustle. And, you know, if it grows, fantastic. You know, you hire yeah. maybe another nurse practitioner, start seeing patients for you and you focus on the rheumatology or something. I mean, I own multiple businesses. i I'm all for multiple businesses, multiple revenue streams, yeah. you know, multiple income streams. So, you know, I think that if you have the time for it and you're ready for the hard work, I say start your side hustle and yeah. then the long-term plan three, four years from now, you know, after you get lots of experience under your belt, you know, with rheumatology is to um, maybe pull the trigger on that. Cool. Yeah. Because it's going to be, yeah, there's going to be a greater shortage for it. And I think you, you know, you know that. Yeah. 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 I say go for it. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anything else you want to talk about? No, I think, I think that's pretty much covered it. Perfect. Okay. Well, I, I like to end the episodes with you, maybe asking me a question. Do you have any questions for me? Something that you might just be curious about. Well, you met, you mentioned where you live a couple of times. I'm, I'm curious what general uh, area you live in that you have that kind of healthcare shortage there too. Yeah. I'm in the same kind of general area as you. We'll just leave it. Oh, up. okay. Okay. <laughs> All right. Yeah. I'm in a, a Western state. Ah, gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. 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 I like to try to keep my Your personal life, yeah, yeah. personal no, life sure. a little private, sure. you know, right, sure. right, exactly, yeah. yeah, yeah. So uh, the West is a great place to practice for a nurse practitioner, uh, minus California. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> like, like California, it's like the West is like most states west of the Mississippi, minus like you know some of the midwestern states, west of like Texas and Oklahoma and Kansas. Most of those states, like true western states, are the best states to practice for a nurse practitioner. Like mm-hmm. your autonomy and independence out here is, it's untouched. You know, the, no Eastern state allows you to do what a nurse practitioner can do out West. Absolutely. 
yeah. minus California. California is probably one of the worst states to practice as a nurse practitioner. Yeah, I was going to say you could say a lot of great things about the West states in general, and most of them you would have to say except for California. Except for California. Yeah, the regulatory burden and the restrictions in that state are just mind-blowing. I feel sorry for a nurse practitioner that emailed me from California and this, just the, the amount of just hurdles I got to jump over. It's It's ridiculous. It is. It is. Yeah. But in states like Arizona, Utah, you know, New Mexico, Nevada, like even Colorado, like Washington, Oregon, like as a nurse practitioner, you can just do so much in these states. It's great. For sure. Yeah. 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 The weather's pretty, pretty nice. (laughs) It is. It is. Yeah. Yeah. It's almost always sunny. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. 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 So anyways. Well, cool, man. I hope this was helpful and uh, hopefully it gives you some direction. Yeah. Really appreciate you taking the time. Yeah, yeah, cool. You are very welcome. And uh, yeah, keep me up to date. Okay, we'll do. Cool, thanks. Take care. Bye. All right, I hope everyone enjoyed the conversation with Robert. Yeah, I thought it was pretty cool. I haven't talked to a uh, nurse practitioner and working in rheumatology. I think it's a really cool focus niche. I think that if you're looking for something that is definitely in need, uh, you know, maybe explore rheumatology. It's going to be an insurance-based practice, so just keep that in mind, though. But yeah, I think he's got, uh, you know, a great idea here. I think he's following the elite NP model to the T, you know, continuing to work, starting a side hustle, allowing that to grow, and then kind of just seeing what happens. That's just kind of what you have to do sometimes. You have to just get started and just see what happens, all right? You never know what's going to happen with a business, okay? If you follow the model, you should succeed, all right? Keep your expenses low. You'll maintain another job until the practice you know becomes profitable offer profitable valuable in-demand services you know and you should succeed but you still just don't know okay so go into a business with realistic expectations and even if you're growing a business go into it with realistic expectations okay sometimes some services you know they skyrocket they were a hit and sometimes they're not so that's the fun thing about having a business though you just kind of never know what's going to happen all right hope everyone enjoyed this episode talk to you guys later thanks bye Thank you for listening to the show. Quick legal disclaimer, the content of this podcast is meant for informational and entertainment purposes only and should not be used as legal, financial, medical, regulatory, or practice-specific advice. For information pertaining to your specific legal, financial, medical, or practice-specific needs, please be sure to consult with your lawyer, CPA, medical director, and or your state's practice laws and the most up-to-date clinical guidelines. As always, do your due diligence when it comes to any information found online and in podcasts. The content of this podcast is copyrighted by Galaxy Medical Southwest 2023 but cannot be duplicated, rebroadcasted, or reproduced with out our written permission.